Hey, everybody. Welcome to the last Child Whisper podcast, live podcast of 2016. It's a pleasure to be with all of you today. I'm your host and best-selling author of the book, The Child Whisper. Hi, I'm Carol Tuttle. And today we're going to be talking about what your frustration as a parent really means. And I'm going to give you two references. But before we get into that today, I want to share with it today. Remarkable nutritional supplement. It's actually uh, plant-based. Uh, it's it's plankton straight out of the ocean. It's one of the most powerful sources of micronutrients that we can consume. And so, to me, I feel it's a huge advantage to give to your children in a time in which they're not getting the micronutrition they need to help their brains develop properly. And so, we're seeing the side effect of that with a lot of different um, diagnostic issues that children had more than we've ever seen. So get, give yourself and your children the gift of an easy to take supplement. You can put it in a little bit of juice in the morning. It's very palatable and give them the nutrition easily with Oceans Alive. And you can find the link in the copy to find that product and read all about it if you want to learn more before you invest in it. So that investment is investing in your health and, and your well-being for years and years to come. So to me, that's a worthy use of our money and something I value very strongly, obviously, that I have them as my sponsor. So today, um, I have a success story I want to share, and I'm going to be taking live callers. This will be the last live show of the year. I'll be back on January 9th for my next live show. You can find all the recorded podcasts at iTunes.com slash Carol Tuttle. Highly recommend you keep listening to this podcast at least one a week. It's going to give you action and motivation to affect your family in a positive way and understanding everybody's nature and being able to support everyone living true to their nature. Because when we're living true to ourselves, we're just happier, more cooperative people. And today's success story comes in from Rebecca, and she shared with me, Carol, I just want to personally thank you for sharing your gifts with me and the women and other women worldwide. I felt like your book, The Child Whisperer, came to me as an answer to deep, pleading prayer. It's changed me as a mom. It's one of the first books I read that really solved actual problems I was having. Other books left me without success. I have hope in my parenting challenges, and I've had so many successes. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I know you speak for many parents, many moms, and many fathers as well. It uh, tends to be the child whisper finds its way into a family through mothers, and fathers then get involved. I'm very grateful that you're seeing that. That was my intent in writing the book, that you would See the results of that, not just in theory, but in practice and in actual lifestyle and have more cooperation, love and um, harmony in your family because you understand each other. And for my Facebook fans, if that's been the case for you, give me a smile or a heart or a like that you have seen the Child Whisperer have a positive effect on your family experience. And I'm hoping that for everyone. We're going to talk today about here's what your frustration as a parent really means. And I'm going to teach you there's one of two things, or there could be both. The first one is we're only frustrated if we feel that something's falling short. Where's that frustration coming from? Quite often as parents, we're taught to blame our children or to look at them. Only if, if our children would be different, if this would happen, if we could change this, maybe the what's happening in the family. Well, I do support completely that the mother is the nucleus of the home. If mom's balanced and things are working well for mom and she has the insight and skill set she needs and makes wise choices, the rest of the family has the effect of that. 
even if you're a working parent and you have a lot of partnering in the parent, mom has that nurturing quality that is her emotional strength in the family unit. And so when mom's doing well, the family does better. So frustration could be that your own expectations are off, whether they're yourself, you, your role, your parenting role, your expectations that your children, that you're putting on your children, are those off? Because if, if you have an expectation and you're falling short of it, you need to examine that and say, is the correction here needing to help change the behavior and the, um, to help us meet that expectation? That's actually one approach, and that relieves frustration. Or consider the possibility that you need to change the expectation and modify it. So you're either modifying, modifying behavior to meet the expectation that you have, or you're modifying the expectation so you more readily are able to reach that outcome and experience fulfillment. So make that shift. Why? Ask the question, why am I frustrated? I'm frustrated because I love open-ended sentences to see what we can teach ourselves. I'm frustrated because. And most of the time it has something to do with expectation and a lack of fulfilling them. And so you've got to make a correction by either trying to meet it with behavior modification, or you have to change the mindset so that the behavior can more readily meet the expectation. The second, that's number one. Number two would be, do you have this in your pattern? Was your mom frustrated or your dad all the time? Are you running your parent pattern from your family system? We don't know we do this. We don't stop long enough to examine our emotional um, posterity, the, the kind of the emotional family tree. You know, I've done a lot of work in this area and I've certainly dug pretty deep in my parents' patterns and knowing what I tend to run my father's patterns more than my mother's being that he's a type three as well. And so I get to look at that and say, this isn't even my pattern. I just inherited it. And then it was modeled for me as a child, so now I'm just kind of, it's like a program that was, in the, the, just like a computer has programs, we'll have programs running, and that program's running itself, so is that what's going on? Number two, which is, am I just running a parental pattern that parents get frustrated, and they're always feeling exasperated and frustrated, and so you've got to tune into that and choose out of it. And just go, deep breath, I now choose to feel calm, collected, and fulfilled. Because I kind of think the opposite of frustration is fulfillment. So can you practice fulfillment? Can you practice balance, satisfaction? Let yourself start creating your own pattern as a parent. What patterns are you running that really come from your parents and your heritage? just even tuning into that gives me a huge sigh of relief. So let yourself create your own patterns as a parent. What are your parental parents that support fulfillment, joy, happiness, and where? So two options there. Check those out. I'm going to be taking your calls now. I'm going to go off of Facebook. If you've enjoyed my uh, content piece so far on Facebook, it, thank you for your likes and hearts and smiley faces. I appreciate that and sharing a comment. 
how you have shifted your frustration into fulfillment. What have you tuned in and, and what are you noticing with the suggestions and feedback I'm giving you? What are you tuning into today? Yeah, I'll be taking your live calls, 347-677-1963. I'd love to help you and support you in your parenting efforts. So jump on to the phone. You can listen, continue listening to the podcast on your phone, dialing that number, or you can click on the link in the copy above the Facebook video. My first question I'll be taking that was emailed in, as a type four, how can I give my type three daughter all the attention she demands without going crazy? My four-year-old requires constant validation and attention from me, and I feel completely drained. She won't do anything without calling for me to notice, comment, and she wants me to watch everything she does. I love her tenacity, and I'm glad she loves me, but it's driving me crazy. She calls out mom every 30 seconds. I don't have the emotional energy to keep up with her demand for attention. Help. I've got other great questions that have come in, and I'd love to take your questions. So give me a call at 347-677-1963. Thanks for watching on Facebook, and we'll continue the podcast on the podcast platform. So that question, that's interesting. Again, we're seeing a pattern play out here. And children, especially that are so young, get stuck in what becomes the norm. So this has just become the norm for her. It's not healthy. She doesn't have a sense of it being unhealthy. In a way, as you've accommodated it, you've taught her that this is the norm. This is the familiar way we relate. This is the way we relate. So it's a behavior modification that you get to switch. I don't think it's just because of her type. Any type could be in this pattern, you know, for different reasons. I don't think it's just type three. A type two could be emotionally whiny and saying, you know, mom, and kind of come across more whiny and needy in this way instead of demanding. A type four could be in their own authoritative way, just demanding. So there's this demanding quality that type threes and every child can be demanding, okay, for different reasons. So you've actually, as you've allowed this, for whatever period of time and supported it, um, you've got yourself in this kind of um, rut of it draining you. So you get to now shift this behavior. So we're looking at behavior modification. I don't think she's, I don't think she's needy. I don't think that she's trying to aggravate you. I think she's just in a habit here. And so um, what do you do to change this? She is a type three, so you can incentivize her with some rewards. Or, um, and she's only four. So sitting down and having a reasonable conversation with her is not going to work. Um, so what would I do if I were in this situation? You're type four. You're probably trying to reason with her. I see that a lot where type four parents are trying to um, reason with high movement children. And they're kind of like glossy eye looking at them going, you know, you you lost me on the second sentence. So I can't follow your train of thought as long as you're able to deliver your train of thought. And so I would actually, I'm not getting, I think you're meant to figure this out. It's interesting because I'm not getting a clear hit on how are you meant to modify this. You got to change this pattern though. And so as you take this to either meditation or prayer, I don't know your spiritual practice, but as you pray, let's just say, I'm going to assume you pray, and ask God to teach you how can I, I think you're meant to learn more intuitively how to handle tough situations and consider the possibility there's a reason that's showing up. 
how on your own without intellectually trying to figure out the solution, open your inspiration to be guided intuitively of what the answer is. And so I feel like that's my feedback to you, that you're meant to learn how to be more an intuitive-driven parent, intuitive-guided parent, through it, guided through inspiration, through your intuition, to get the answers that you seek. And that's going to build then, because to me, that's the gift of the child whisperer, is allowing you to build on your inspiration, receiving inspiration through your, and then through your intuition, being coming up with resolution and um, answers. And make sure you hit number one on your phone if you're calling in. Again, I'm remembering to say that. I, I remembered sooner than later <laughs> this time, so it's working. That was right. I was going to keep that in the, make a note to myself here, put it in the script about calling in, writing it down as we speak, because that's, I have a script every week to follow to keep me on track to get more content going so I can deliver more content. My next question that came in from another lovely parent is, should I send my children to school? I am homeschooling my oldest daughter, who is 10. I have three other children as well, a four-year-old, almost two-year-old, and a newborn. So right now you've got um, 10, four, two, and an infant. So you're heavy on the side of children your children needing your attention and their um, care. You're a very, you're very much in the caregiving role as a mom because you've got three kids that require a lot of your caregiving. Overwhelmed with it all. I want to give my kids safe, a safe, fully free and happy school experience, but I'm terrified to let go and send them to school. I did not have a positive public school experience and I don't want them to experience what I did. So you will repeat that pattern by your own fear. See, we'll man we have potential to create what we fear. And I believe if your parents had known your nature, being a type four, and your parents and, and you had known your own nature and your energy type as a child, you had had a very different school experience, very different, but not looked at the same. Your um, You don't mention the type of your oldest daughter, but your other kids are a type three, type four, type four. And so these kids, you know, obviously you have these little ones that operate very uh, nicely on a structure and schedule, a pretty predictable schedule, which is supportive to you because you're a type four. But you got to address your own fears and release those. Clear those fears. Release them. If you're in my lifestyle membership content, I teach you how to use an um, exercise called energy tapping or emotional release tapping. You can write your own script. I'm afraid to send my children to school because as you open, as you finish that sentence multiple times, you're going to come up with what you're really afraid of. And because you're running that emotional energy of fear, you have the potential to manifest that. So we do have a lot of making ourselves right in the world. But if you then write out what I want to create is what I want for my child, I'd say your child's going to be better off because you're going to be a more balanced mother. And like we First of the podcast, you're such a central influencer of your family system. If you're not balanced, especially as a type four, homeschooling, you know, the, the negative effect of that will override any positive effect you feel homeschooling is giving your children. So what's the priority here? I'd say the priority is you taking care of yourself. And my children went to public school. Nobody ever bullied them. Um, they had a, you know, they had their moments. They had stuff they had to deal with, but I figure that was supportive for them learning about themselves and other people and how to create 
more of what they want and resolve issues in their life. And so, you know, I, I just think it is what you have the potential to create it. In my book, um, In Remembering Wholeness, in one of the first few chapters, I talk about a metaphor, it's a story, where a couple or a person is moving from one village to another, and there's this wise person that's sitting outside the village. And the person is about to enter the village and greets this uh, individual and says, what are people like in this village? And the person at the village gate says, what were they like in the city you're moving from? They were horrible, terrible people, you know, very selfish. And I'm just ad-libbing here. Well, that's what the people are like in this village, in this city. Then another person came along and asked the same question. What are the people like in this village? And the person at the village gate said, well, what were they like in the city you're coming from? So they were lovely, kind, wonderful people. They, you know, everybody loved and supported each other. And he said, well, that's what they're like in this city. See, so you're going to create what you believe your experience is going to be. So you really want to release yourself from that. You can create a really amazing experience for children in public schools. So I think, you know, that's an option for you. you create an option. And, I, you know, again, that's a personal choice, whether you homeschool or go to public schools. I don't think one's better than the other. What's best for you rather than what's best for everybody? Another question, how do I avoid disappointing my type three secondary one daughter who has huge requests for her seventh birthday? My third daughter talks about her birthday months in advance. And this year she wrote out her birthday list, including a Legoland car to drive, a snowy owl that has a cage and some food and a climbing set. We live in a small London flat. I realize I'm writing this because I constantly feel like I'm letting her down. She has such big plans to do and make, and I don't usually know how to carry them out. I think it's great if you honor that and just say, I love that you have these big plans, big adventures, big ideas, and uh, some of them are not going to happen just because they're not practical for our family. So um, I would give my children a budget and help them start. She's in seventh grade. She can start to understand what's feasible for space and time and money. And so my children had a budget. And even at her age, they were given, a. you're going to have, you know, this much money that will be allotted to your birthday. You can either write down lots of things that have a lower price tag on them, or you could be one thing of that value. Um, and as they got older, sometimes they wanted the money to then add to their saving for something. And can she, is it even feasible for her? I had a little pet, um, a little pet rat when I was little, but I ended up, it didn't do so well because I think I didn't take care of it properly as a type three. I didn't get the education I needed to make sure that my, my little pet did well and being willing to be honest and vulnerable here because I wasn't, I didn't have enough details, but what can she do that? Why does she want that? What is she looking for with um, those gifts that she's drawn to and how can that be satisfied with gifts that are more affordable, conducive to your living circumstances. And so you're not letting her down. You're helping, again, working with her to teach her what to ask for within reasonable means so that she has a sense of never being let down. And it's okay to say no. My husband yesterday said, um, I took him out for a little Christmas weekend, early Christmas gift to do some festive activities. And 
he said to me, oh, it's my 60th birthday this year. I'd love, I want to party with all my extended family. And I looked at him and I went, that's really nice. And I can see why you might want that, but you're going to have to get someone else in the family to plan that because I won't be doing that. <laughs> or we can hire a party planner or you can plan it yourself, you know, because I'm just not inclined to do that kind of thing, throw a big party for all of his family that uh, I'm just, I was honest with him and said, it's a great, you know, you can have that experience, but I'm not able to support you in taking that on at this time. And I knew it wasn't correct for me to do that. And so I didn't like take it away from him. He was a little, you know, he was a little pouty after that, but he got over it and he said, yeah, you're right. I could even, you know, invite all my family over to celebrate with me. Yeah, you could. And I'll support you in that. I'll, I'll help but I'm not going to take a lead on that. So it's okay to say no. And, and it's okay to say that doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not a match for where we're at. So, you know, just do it in a way that's honoring. Um, I've got three callers on the line. I'm hoping one, if, uh, let me see, I've got an 801. Let me bring you on. 801-631. You're live on the show. What's your name? It's Amy. How are you, Carol? Hi. Tell me your name again. I didn't catch it. That's okay. It's Amy. Oh, Amy. Hi, Amy. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Today. I am really hoping to figure something out. I have a type 4 daughter, and she's almost five years old, and she has been potty trained since she was two, just a little after, but regret. But regret. We went back, did the potty training again, we're very supportive, did it following, um, I listened again to your podcast from 2012 about potty training for each type, made sure we were following that, we did it, and she would be fine and be pottying and using the toilet, but then what's happening is she's still peeing her pants, and at this point, I feel as though she knows that she's going to the bathroom, and is having it where it's almost if she's Peter pants once the day, the day's over, and she's just going to keep peeing her pants. And then the other thing that happens is if she is playing in her room, it's in the afternoon or something, and she's getting her quiet time, she'll pee her pants and just, it's not even like she feels it a little and then runs to the bathroom. It's everything. And I'm so confused mm-hmm. because everything I heard and read is that type fours don't like messes and they're very quick and if you make it private and about them and so it's almost like made me question if I ever type right but so many other things about her lead me to believe yes I am right I am intuitive to you you are a type four this is just one of those things that it almost feels more type three in the fact that she'll be off and on although you know again it's an all or nothing world so she must be inclined to you know not have that that preference and that experience and so does she know how to read her body signals to go with them you know because he type threes and type fours will put it off type threes because we're busy and like I do this like uh, I don't want to break I don't want to enter you know stop what I'm doing like I'll see my granddaughter do this she doesn't stop what she's doing and then type fours will do it because again it's an interruption when they're focused so you're, she learned to read her body signals that you need to go to the bathroom right now instead of well, delaying it. that's what it, I tried to out. help her, her recognize, but that's almost what it seems like because it happens when 
she's playing a game or she's very focused on playing with the yeah, toys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have to be the one to be like, hey, it's been an hour and a half since you've gone. Let's go to use the potty. And then yeah. she's fine. And you may have to still so play that unless you. Say, no, you're not telling me to go potty. But then she goes and sits on it and she's great. And then she's all happy that she did it. And I'm like, great. Now go back and play. You're fine. But it's okay. at the point now where she's almost five and I'm like, should I take you to a urologist? Is there some misconnection or I don't know how to support her so that we stop having. I don't know. I'd give it more time. Day. Oh, I'd okay. give it more time. <laughs> okay. I mean, if it weren't this, it'd be something else. It's just how you're learning to relate. You're learning to communicate. See, there's so many other light, light lessons in your interpersonal relationship. You're learning how to work out an issue together. See, that's this will be the first one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. There's a lot of other maybe this is happening, so you can learn. Like I said to the um, question earlier, the parent, you know, like what? There's some quality of seeking inspiration and building your intuitive ability as a parent, and and that's how we do it. It's with these experiences. Yeah, we we seek inspiration and intuitively are guided to sharpen our own intuition to know this is what I need to do. I know what's going on for my child. So that's going Mm -hmm. to become a stronger factor for you as you really rely on that and say, I really know how to be this a great parent to this child of mine. And you're in this is like training wheels to develop that. So see it as that. Rather than, see, that that gives you more, I think, uh, motivation to say, I'm willing to move through this because there's a lot of lessons that we're both going to learn from this and a lot of good that can come from this and our ability to relate to each other and to bond rather than I got to teach my child not to pee in her pants. Okay. That's a good positive perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just for you to be more patient. It's just been so, so long that we've been dealing with this that I kept, keep hoping we'll finally get this figured five. out. If she were 10, I think you might take her to the urologist. <laughs> <laughs> She's still only five. <laughs> okay. It feels what about the fact that she doesn't has... seem to react about it until I say, oh, my goodness, this has happened. You need to go Are to the Are you doing that privately? It. Yes. And I'll even like, that would be it to her. did you know? have an accident? So did you pee your pants? Okay, you know what you need to go do. And I've let it be her responsibility. You do this, you're in charge of cleaning up of yourself and the area that it happened in. But I, it's just it's one of those things where I just would assume by this point so she would be done with that. Yeah, well, you're done with it. She's not. Okay. <laughs> so I was down with a lot of things in my kids' life and they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, no, I'm so good but, to play this out. Welcome to the world of parenting. <laughs> is there a positive? So you're not myself. You to, there's more opportunity for you to learn some things here. You know, as a parent. Okay. So okay. I think I think and you'll be great. Positive- and let yourself have that positive reference to saying there's a lot of good that can come from this. Make sure you're optimizing those opportunities for that. Are you getting closer? Or is there more trust that you're building? Is she um, opening up to you more? Because if none of that's happening, it's an opportunity that you've missed with a challenging experience and you're going to move through others and you want to build trust as you move through each of those so that there's, there's um, trust to open and communicate and share feelings. 
My next caller is Hillary, who's a type three. And your 10-year-old daughter needs help with communication when things don't go her way. I needed help with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Hillary? Oh, pretty good. Trying to figure out how to help our daughter be able to, I don't know, connect with her emotions, be able to express them rather than internalizing and completely shutting down when things don't uh-huh. work right away. <laughs> uh-huh. So you don't know if she's type 3 or type 4. That sounds like, see, typically emotionally a type 3, the energy will move outward, and a type mm-hmm. 4, it will move inward. That's well, the difference goes, with an extrovert energy and an, an introvert, especially emotionally. When she was little, she was very extroverted. And she was social. She would go up and talk to people. She was just as, I don't know, vivacious. She just had this voraciousness for life. And she went through some things when she was somewhere between three and five years old. We don't know exactly what, but we're not sure how much that has traumatized and changed her reactions to the way she's dealing with things in life. And now she internalizes things a lot more. So I'm not sure if her true nature is a three and it's been disrupted to be more like a four because now I don't know if she's um, making it like if she's internalized it to the point where she's like, these are all my fault that this happened to me. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to figure that out. Or if maybe she just is a four and because of my three energy, she was trying to keep up with that when she was little. I don't know. Okay. Well, did you watch my series on profiling children? And I used um, Facebook to share the photos and everything. I haven't seen yeah. the kids one. I've seen some of the adults. Yeah, stuff. I have. Yeah, I'd highly recommend. And you've read The Child Whisper? I have, and I've just checked it out, and I'm going to read it again to see if I can get some more clues. Okay. Um, And you to buy your own copy because it's a real reference book rather than just a a one-time read. And we're going to have a sale. Well, I'm not sure if we have that yet. Maybe it's coming up. But they're going to go on sale really, I think it's $10 for one day. But make sure you get my email because it's only going to be announced in an email. Okay. Um, so with that, I'd watch the um, How to Profile Children series because I show photos. And to me, there's just no – I talk about their tendencies in nature. And to me, it's a whole different – you know, type 3 versus type 4, vast differences in body language, facial features, the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that you learn what type she is. You really get that clear clarity because it would make a difference in how you deal with this, you know, a big okay. difference. And so to me, that's the number one objective is to be real clear on her type. Okay. Because until you know that, you can't really get the inspiration that you're seeking to know how to support um, helping her. And it would change, in my opinion, it would change what kind of support she would need. Okay. You know, she's type four. She needs solitary time. She needs to be quiet. She doesn't need to talk about things. Um, it's different. Very private. And if you built okay. the trust to support her opening up. Now, she's old enough now that you didn't parent her true to her nature the first, you know, eight years of her life. So 
Yeah, you might have to some degree, but it's impossible to do it at the level you can with this information. Okay. So believe you have the funds to purchase a book and have it in your library so that you can have it when you need it. Okay. And if you believe in the content, it's I'll buy what, you know, I'm willing to put that investment into things I know I'm going to use. So give yourself that advantage as well. And when your child's type, that's step number one, because strategies look different depending on each of the, which types your child leaves with. But thanks for calling in, and I trust you will get the answers you're seeking because you want them and you want to have that blessing. I've got Kara on the line. Hi, Kara. Hey, Carol. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming hey, on the show today. My notes. You're, are you the Kara I know or a different Kara that's a type four? I am a Kara you know. Oh, good. <laughs> How's it going? Okay. For those that are listening, Kara uh, oh, no. is a carrier for my twin granddaughters. We shared their story online. It's a beautiful story. So, thanks for calling oh, in. Okay. In a while. Good to have you on the show. Um, I don't think I'm so, that Kara, but I am a Kara that you do know. I'm really sorry about that. Oh, okay. You're that Kara. Not as well. But I'm Kara. that Kara sounds really awesome. And <laughs> He's awesome, too. That would be cool. Okay. Yes. So I, okay, I'm so you have a about... type. Let me read your notes real quick to get okay, people like, yep. connected to what we're talking about. You have a totally. type 2 six-year-old. Wants, it's a boy who wants to do things a specific yes. way. If not his way, he gets stubborn and will not budge. Yes, so we're in a super, super bad, um, you were talking about getting stuck in patterns earlier, and we're in a really bad pattern. It's been going on for a really long time, and I have your book. I've read it like a million times. It's definitely on my table, my bedside table as a reference, and I'm just super perplexed because he wants to do things his way all the time, and, and I try to support him in that, but it has to be like exactly the way that he wants to do it. Can you which give is, me an example? Okay, yeah, and I'm going to give you an example, but this, like, goes to, like, everything. So he's, like, in this rigorous piano program, and he loves piano. He's, like, a little OCD about it. That's his, like, type four. Like, he loves it. So I tried to support him, and I found him a great teacher, and we have to practice. And he doesn't mind practicing, and he doesn't even, and I don't, he doesn't mind practicing. But, like, if something goes wrong in practice, and it's, like, not exactly the way that he wants it to be, he will sit, it ruins his practice. He will sit there for 45 minutes and not do anything because something, something went wrong or something, you know, wasn't exactly, exactly right. And it's the same with like school. We homeschool and it's like, hmm, time to read books. And he likes reading books and I even let it pick the books that he wants to read, but I'm not reading it exactly right or we're not sitting in the exact spot that he wants to be sitting. And I try and do all things, these things. He like he goes into this. He like shuts down. He crosses his arms and he just gets mad and yells and just it's terrible. And now it's a pattern. And what do you do? It. I've tried motivating him with What's like how do you respond? Stick, like when he gets mad. Uh-huh. Most of the time I I just be like I'll just let him. I'll just I'll just sit there or I'll leave and I'll go do something with another dude. Is 
you know, who, who wants my attention. I'll just, I don't like try and give him a, attention or like feed it. I, or I'll try and work with him for a few minutes and be like, what's wrong? How can we make this better? But there's no reasoning with him. Like you can't talk to him. He's already mad. Okay. So what if you were to skip that? that? What if you were to not do that and just say, Hey, you know, Hey, I'm here for you. If I, if you need me, let me know. I do. And then he'll run around like the house, like a million times throwing tantrums, which is fine. I just ignore it. And then he does. No, I say, you and know, then, in public spaces in the family home, that's where there's a boundary that needs to be set. In my opinion, that that's affecting the mood of the public family space, or you might yes. call it family space, and say that's you know that behavior is not okay in this space. But you're welcome to go to your bedroom and work this out. And I'm here for you, um, if you want my support. They just that's supporting him to like be as be and calling the shots in a way, but to allow him to disrupt the family space is not cool. And to say, you know, that not nobody should be, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> it's kind of like well, you know, our, your children should be like, he, mom, your he, behavior is not supportive to well being. Go to your room, <laughs> you know. A child yeah. can say that to a parent, you know, that's a good thing in my opinion. So. So, so you're kind well, of at a point of, that you feel like what I'm getting today is a lot of frustration from parents. See, so what you need to listen to the first 10 minutes of the show, because every one of you that's called in, you're like done with this. You're like, I'm done with this, but, but your children aren't. So guess what? You're not done with it because it's still <laughs> happening. And there's either the things I taught or there's really something going on here. And you've got to either help your child's behavior shift or change the expectation or you're running a family pattern. And now it's come alive in your family. You had a frustrated mother or father and now you are that parent, you know? It's like, whoa. Here, I'm like living my parents. I don't really feel like I'm that, like, it's a frustrating situation, but I'm not like, I, I mean, when he does these things, I just send him to his room and when you're ready to be calm and sweet, Please come back and join the family. Like when we're at home, his piano doesn't. Well, I don't know if I require so I him that. to be calm and sweet. I don't think he's a calm and sweet kid. See, so right there, you're gonna throw him by going. Don't tell me to be calm and sweet. You know, when you're ready to just behave um, cordially, but telling him to be calm and sweet. If my, you know, first told to be calm and sweet, I'm like, I don't get. Really, you want me to be someone I'm not? I'm not a calm and sweet person. But I can be nice right, right. and I can be, you know, I'll probably manage myself, but I wouldn't consider myself calm and sweet. <laughs> so right there, you got to, you know. So I think you just, you know, kind of like the overall message for everybody today is if it wasn't meant to be happening, it wouldn't. So you've got to look at what's driving this. Is it just, are there some lessons for me to learn? I think the big takeaway I'm getting from today's podcast is this idea of, with these young children, especially, you're forming your interpersonal relationship, and a lot of trust can be built because you're going to move through other challenging phases with this kid. And are you going? To, is this one going to, you know, moving through this one? Is it going to put you on the other side of this with more trust, more openness, more um, understanding of each other, more cooperation and collaboration from parent to child? Because that's ultimately your goal. Because when you hit the next one, you'll have 
that as a platform to enter the next experience together. Because you're just going to have these as a parent. That's the thing. But you can have peace and uh, clarity and patience as you move through these experiences. You know, type three um, sounds like you may have a secondary four children or type four secondary three children are big energies. They're not, they're different than a one, three, three, one. That's the higher movement. But as far as really kind of being their own person, that's three, four, four, three. They're very much, they're, you know, it's kind of, they're not easy to, they have their opinion and they have their independence. (laughs) You're learning how to work with them and how to really support his, and you're, you're learning a lot about yourself. So that's all good news, which I think is great. My next caller, this will be my last caller for today's show. We're wrapping it up. I appreciate, you're all great parents. That's the thing. We just have so many learning opportunities of parents, which I think are wonderful. We're not saying that when it's, you know, the discomfort's running. I understand that. We've got to go pick something up really quick. So, Stacey, you're live on the show. And my notes say you're you're a type two mom. Yes. Yeah, Deanna, type three or type four, two and a half year old. See, we're getting a lot of these strong children questions. Yes. <laughs> and he's hitting even the family dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, he has always been a hitter since he was just one, since he could. Um, and it, I mean, he's two and a half now, and we still cannot get a handle on his hitting, and it's just getting harder and harder, and he gets stronger and bigger. It's getting worse. How do you respond to it? Well, we started out with um, more of a subtle, because he was young, and we just wanted to show him. We say, if he would hit, we would take his hands and say, no, you need to be soft. You need to be soft and just kind of show him what he can do yeah. instead of just what he can't. Um, and he would respond great to that in the moment, and he would say, oh, yes, be soft, be soft. But then as soon as we turn our back and he felt motivated, he was just hitting again. Um, so we started with that, and then we moved on to, like, well, this is really getting annoying, and we need to nip it in the bud. So we started doing yeah. the timeouts and the timeouts and the timeouts. And he just laughed yeah, at us. Yeah, two and a half year old. I don't know how laughed. well to respond. Yeah, yeah I don't know how well not. a two and a half year old responds to yeah. a timeout, especially a type three or type four. They're just not old enough to have a rational yeah. understanding of that. So can you keep okay. the dog away from him? Remove the temptation. Um, well, we can, but the dog is certainly not the only temptation. She's just the victim, yeah. I feel like. But, yeah. um, like that's so our, true our, because our, of his age. Yeah, and that's what everybody keeps saying. Is it's just his age, it's just the stage also. Um, but, you know, the times that motivate him is, is if he doesn't get his way, and that's understandable, um, or yeah. if he's not getting paid attention to in the very moment, then he gets very upset and starts hitting yeah. But he also kind of like every question if, I've had today almost has been this, you know, sort of like these really kids that are being really like demanding and you know insistent yeah, on things. Yeah, like so uh, kind of like. So I guess you get me. to be a little insistent back. You know, the thing with a type three or a type four and Anne is I've watched her deal with Katie. She has to raise her voice louder than natural. She has to get in her face at times and get really directive with her, Katie. 
boom, boom, boom. And Katie responds because in Anne's soft, subtle approach, Katie kind of can override her. So maybe you just need to up it a little bit, get real clear, real direct. Um, that's, you know, stop. Uh, you know, again, appropriately, if you're in a public setting, he's hitting some kid, but you need to remove the child, in my opinion, at that point, deal with it privately and not bring that attention upon yourself, which you wouldn't want anyway as a type two. But maybe you need to up your clarity and make it direct to the point um, with authority because he's only two and a half and, a, you know, Anne's being loving, but she's meeting that energy. She's meet, you know, Katie's a three, four. She's matching the energy with your feedback and her guidance. And so I, I'd try that out rather than trying to be, um, I wouldn't tell him to do it, you know, just stop doing that rather than trying to do it this way at this point. So again, pray about that, work it out. I know you're going to get answers. Thanks to everyone that called in today. I'll be back with another live show January 9th. In the meantime, listen to the podcast. I have many great episodes recorded at iTunes.com slash Carol Tuttle. And please check out and invest, um, especially as we tend to kind of let our Nutrition slide a little bit this time of year. Check out Oceans Alive at thechildwhisper.com slash plankton. And I'd love for you to follow me on Facebook where many fun things um, are the are going on on Facebook at facebook.com slash Carol Tuttle. Thanks for listening again. We've got last week's Child Whisper post up. It is a segment that I filmed on Fox News. I am the parenting expert on my local Fox News station. And we talk about how to avoid spoiling your child, how to teach them to be gracious, recipients of gifts, to experience gratitude and appreciation, and then how to help them get gifts, give gifts, so that they learn the role of the giver and how to support them in their energy type in practicing that. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you at the beginning of the year. Have a great rest of the year and a wonderful holiday season, however you're celebrating. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.